Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com. All right, what's up everyone? I'm going to begin today by taking a risk and sharing what's on my iPod. Uh, We're telling the truth in this Trash Talk series, and uh, I've got... You know, the standard stuff, I've got, you know, some Muse, uh, you know, Coldplay, Little Lady Gaga, uh, the, not, not really Lady Gaga, but I, truth be told, here's the truth, I do have a guilty pleasure playlist. How many of you have a guilty pleasure playlist? You have songs on there that you'd be embarrassed if anyone actually knew. A few of you, thank you, truth tellers, and I need to confess that I have on here a few uh, songs on my playlist that, that quite honestly, I'm just going to come clean and say it, I like Chick Rock. Uh, girl rock, girl power, not Lady Gaga, but my wife and my little girl will at times put on like, you know, little Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus and that stuff, and they dance to it at home. And when I first heard it, I go, you know, what is that, you know, pop garbage? Uh, but privately, over the years, I've kind of grown to like some of it. Uh, and so I have this guilty pleasure playlist on my iPod. Now includes a little bit of pink. Does anybody like pink? Uh, pink kicks butt, dude. You got to watch out. She is like hardcore. And I don't listen all the time, but then a song comes along that I think just kind of expresses a feeling or frames an issue up in, in, a, in a unique way. And so a couple of months ago, um, this song came along that I really vibed with. Maybe you've heard it on the radio. Uh, it's not Party in the USA, uh, but it's actually by a brand new artist. She's a 25-year-old Australian girl. Her name is Ori Anthe, uh, who's pretty unique. She had performed on American Idol, and she's a killer guitarist. And her song is called According to You. Have you heard this at all on the radio? It's like the big kind of summer song, currently in the top ten. When I first heard it, it was kind of catchy. It's the lyrics that I realized have something very unique to say about the power of words in relationships. And that's what this series, Trash Talk, is kind of all about. We've been looking at this biblical teaching that says the tongue has the power of life and what? death, right? So what we say to each other has the power to, to build up. According to you, you can actually build, grow, deepen, heal relationships, or we can belittle, tear down, and destroy them. And this song, According to You, I think really kind of highlights that contrast in a unique way, uh, plus it rocks, especially for a chick. Uh, so to kick us off, uh, now that I've alienated all the women here, let me hit play, and you can enjoy and listen to the lyrics of According to You by Orianthe. Check this out. According to you, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I can't do anything right. According to you, I'm difficult, hard to please, forever changing my mind. I'm a mask in a dress, can't show up on time, even if it would save my life. According to you, according to you. According to you, according to you, 
right, can we, can, we hear, can we hear it for the chick rock, okay? The lady rocks, 25 years old, not bad. Now you know why she's on my little playlist here. Uh, and I honestly think, did you catch that? It's kind of a profound message. Obviously, she's singing about two guys uh, who are coming at her with the power of their words in her life what they say about here. And the one guy is speaking all these words of negativity, right? According to you, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I can't do anything right. In other words, this one guy in her life is constantly critical, focuses on all of her flaws, points out and highlights all her negative qualities. According to you, I'm difficult, hard to please, forever changing my mind. I'm a mess in a dress, even according to you. But the other guy in her life is telling her something completely different. According to him, it's a whole other story. But according to him, I'm what? Beautiful, incredible. He can't get me out of his head. In other words, he's speaking words of life to her. He's speaking blessing. You're beautiful. You're incredible. Words of affirmation. And he's kind of keeping a list too about her, but it's actually a list of her positive qualities. According to him, I'm funny. I'm irresistible. Everything he ever wanted. And you see the contrast. One guy blesses her and the other curses her. Everything is opposite, she she sings. She says, I don't feel like stopping it, so tell me what I have to lose. And then uh, this is the key line for me. She says, he's into me for everything I'm not, according to you. In other words, even where this woman falls short, she says, he accepts that about me too. He's into me for everything I'm not. The power of potential. He sees the good. He calls out my strengths and praiseworthy qualities in the face of all of my flaws. And again, kind of a teeny bopper song, but at a deeper level, it cuts to the power that spoken words have in the lives of others. The tongue, we've been saying, has the power of life or death. Every day, in every relationship, we are choosing to speak words of blessing, calling out the good, affirming, celebrating others' strengths, or cursing, that is, fixating on people's flaws, on their, on their past, their mistakes, nitpicking and nagging for all they're not, and failing to simply love them for who God's made them to be. Sociologists say that our esteem is linked to how we believe the most important person in our life views us. In other words, some of us, uh, you guys know this, some of us struggle with self-esteem, right? You've got those condemning thoughts. I'm stupid, I'm useless, I can't do anything right. Really? According to who? In other words, where did those words of condemnation come from? God or your critical father or, or your coach or your, your spouse or your boyfriend? In other words, others of us, we know, have this incredible sense of being loved and valued. You're like, oh yeah, that song's about me. I'm beautiful. I'm incredible. And gosh darn it, people like me. No, not like that. But you know, you've met people who are confident. It's like, where do they get that from? According to who? My guess is it's not Stuart Smalley talk. When you meet a person who possesses that sense of self-worth, of love and acceptance, it came from somewhere. And most likely it came from a key person in their life who spoke words of blessing, of praise and affirmation to them at a critical juncture in their life. And eventually it stuck. In many ways, we believe we're loved and accepted to the degree that the most important person in our lives say that they love and accept us. That's why throughout the Bible... You're going to see all over, especially in the Old Testament, you see people fighting and competing for the blessing of their father. In a patriarchal world, a person's earthly father was the most important and influential person in the family. And his words of blessing, he had the power to praise and affirm, carried great weight, or his neglect, his failure to say anything at all, actually had the power to shape your destiny. And that really continues today. You guys know this. When we're young, we kind of, the most important person in our lives, typically our parents, right? What you're 
mom or dad say kind of about you or speak into you, you kind of internalize. And so if you grew up with constant love and praise and, and your, you know, your dad said, I love you, you're beautiful, affection flowed freely. You constantly heard, you know, I'm proud of you, I believe in you. Often we carry that into our adult life. At the same time, we all know people who weren't blessed that way, don't we? I was talking with a friend who, uh, whose dad was actually a missionary, grew up in a foreign country, and it's amazing because he gave his, his life to, to preaching the gospel of Christ to people who had never heard before. Close-knit family, loved God, and he said, Tim, in all those years running a church, running a mission, all of that, I never once, never once heard the words, I love you, come out of my dad's lips. He never once said that to me. Because it's a different generation, but I was like, really? He said, yeah. And, and the look on his face, this, this is a grown man with kids of his own, the hurt, the feeling of never having received spoken blessing from his father was still there. As we get older, sometimes um, you know, spouses or, 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 or love interests will take the place of, of parents and what they say about us. How, how a husband affirms his, his wife's worth, you're beautiful. Or, you know, you could go to the gym, you know, maybe lose a few pounds. I'm just saying. Has the power to internally, literally convince them how well we're, we're unconditionally loved and accepted. So the question is, whose words hold sway in your life? I mean, we, we all have worth, but according to who? Oriathi ends her songs with these lyrics. She says, I need to feel appreciated, like I'm not hated. Why can't you see me through his eyes? It's too bad you're making me decide. Now, which guy do you think she's going to choose? <laughs> not a hard decision, is it? Today, I want to talk about the power of spoken blessing because quite honestly, that's what your heavenly father speaks over you every day of your life. And it is words of blessing that he asks each of us to speak into the lives of those he's called us into relationship with. How do we, how do we bless our kids? I mean, how do, how do we affirm our spouse or our fiance or boyfriend or girlfriend? How do we, how do we build up our friends? Um, our series is kind of going in a new direction today. The first couple times together, we've been talking about the negative impact of words, how it can really tear us down. But this is really about how, how do we use then the power of our tongue to build up and actually bless other people in a way that could change their life forever. And before we leave, you're going to have the chance to actually do that uh, to somebody in your world who could use a word of encouragement. So it's going to be real practical today. And I want to invite you to take your Bible out. You can take that with you. And if you take a quick peek, at how God uses his words, you'll see from the very beginning of creation in Genesis 1. Let's have a little bit of light so people can follow along. God uses his words all the time to call forth life. From the beginning of creation, Genesis 1, it says, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. Think about this. God decides to create, and what does he do? He speaks creation into existence. Our creator at the center of the universe opens his mouth and light flies out of it, lighting up every corner of the universe. The sun blazes forth. Life comes into being. And God says, let us create man in our image. He speaks again. And basically he's saying, let them have the same power as us. The words that we use to create light and life in the universe, they have that too. So God doesn't just use words to create life. He uses it to sustain it as well. Hebrews 1 says Jesus is the exact representation of God's being, sustaining all things by his what? By his powerful word. Think about that for a minute. Our entire galaxy, planet spinning day after day for thousands of years, the earth rotating on its axis at just the right angle, just so that there's enough for, for life, neither too hot nor too cold, for life to be sustained. Every star in the sky being held up there by what? By his powerful word. Translation, in God's economy, words have power. 
They create life. They sustain life. And they save life. When sin entered creation, ruined it all, and affected us, God's creatures, God comes up with a rescue plan, a father sending his beloved son to save us. John 1, 4 puts it this way. It says, the what? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus, the incarnate word of God, takes on skin, sacrifices his life. This is God backing up his words with action. I'm not just saying I love you. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it to them, the extent of my love that I'm going to love and forgive and save them. The word creates life, it sustains life, and it saves life. And finally, God uses his, his word to literally transform lives. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is what? It's living and active, sharper than any double, double-edged sword. Think about this, all of our campuses right now. Hold your Bible in your hands. You're holding, you are holding in your hands the very words of God out of his mouth. This is the record of the words that he has spoken and is still speaking since the beginning of human creation. And the idea is as we apply his words to our lives, it's going to suppose, it changes us in a profound way. In many ways, this is more than a book. It's a love letter from the very heart of God telling us who we really are as his children and how deeply our Heavenly Father really cares and feels about us. Uh, that's a question for you. Have you ever read the Bible that way? Take a look at the Bible. You're probably familiar with just certain sections. You've got favorite little stories and parables and sayings and whatnot in it. But have you ever read the Bible as a love letter from your father written personally to you? Because the world may say, you're stupid, you're useless, good, you're good for nothing. But according to him, you're incredible. You are deeply desirable. At the center of this letter, Zephaniah uh, the prophet says, he will take great delight in you. He will rejoice over you with what? With singing. That is who you are. According to who? According to him, your heavenly father. Unfortunately, for many of us, the words we choose to live by or, or that we kind of live out of don't come from our heavenly father. Sometimes they come from our earthly ones. Um, I was, best to, I was um, really blessed. I was blessed to grow up with a father who uh, deeply loved me, was not shy about expressing it, um, and he let me know from day one how proud he was of me. We would, uh, you know, we'd long hours toss, talk, you know, uh, kind of tossing the, the baseball back and forth, talking, wrestling on the living room floor. His affirmation has been one of my life's greatest blessings. Um, but that's not everybody's story, is it? Uh, I want to show you a clip from a movie called Walk the Line, uh, which is the life story of Johnny Cash. Have you ever seen it? It's, it's a powerful movie. In all of his life, despite all of his wealth and his fame, Johnny Cash was constantly seeking words of blessing from his father, and they never came. And it haunted him, as this scene around the Thanksgiving dinner table reveals. So what, what do you think, Daddy? About what? About the house. Fine big house, John. It's not as big as Jack Benny's. Well, you been to Jack Benny's, right? Saw it on the TV. Carrie, I was meaning to ask you, did you teach the boys to play? Well, Jr. always sang pretty, but I don't think I could take credit for it. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you learned the same way I did. Oh, out of the hymnals. Hymnals. Sure, <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> You know, you'd be surprised how many musicians can't read shape notes nowadays. I can't imagine. I know, I know. But my husband's uncle, E.M. Bass, he taught me with hymnals, too. How about you, John? You know how to read shape notes? 
John. Mom asked you a question, John. I'm really glad you all could be here today. Especially you, Daddy. Glad he came. The dinner, you know, Thanksgiving and all. Not everybody's here. <laughs> Jack's not here, is he? Huh? Where have you been? That's what she said to me, remember? That's 12 years old. He's got Jack's bloody clothes. And you said to me, where you been? Well, where were you? Where are you? You, you still taking them pills? That'll kill you, you know. Yeah, well, so will a car wreck. <laughs> you sitting on a high horse, boy. I never had talent. I did the best I could with what I had. Can you say that? Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Pill Popping Rock Star. Right. Who are you to judge? You ain't got nothing. Big empty house. Nothing. Children you don't see, nothing. Big old expensive tractor stuck in the mud. Nothing. According to his father, who was Johnny Cash? You're nothing. Nobody. All his life, he craved his father's approval, just as every child des desires affirmation. I, I love you, I'm proud of you. But he never, ever heard him. And the effect was crippling. It's part of the reason Johnny Cash fell into a lifelong battle with drugs and, and addiction. See, the truth is, we only believe we're loved and accepted to the degree that the most important person in our life says we're loved and accepted. That's the power of spoken blessing. That's why in the Old Testament you'll see Jacob and Esau competing for their father's blessing. They wrestle over it. He was the patriarch, and he had the power to bless or curse and the power to shape their destiny. In some ways, when those words of blessing aren't there in our life, we spend the rest of our lives trying to earn them or measure up or prove something or fill that hole. Have you ever seen people who are real driven and ambitious? Like, where does that come from? What hole are they trying to fill? So, some of you probably identify that. Maybe you never, you never received one word of blessing or affirmation. Maybe as a kid, you, you, you were told, according to, to, to him, um, you're, you're good for nothing. <laughs> you never amount to anything. You're just like your father. You're not a man. Who'd want to marry you? As, as we've learned, words have incredible power to cripple and wound. And perhaps you've spent a lot of your life living under, over, kind of under a cloud of the curses that people have spoken over you. The good news and one of the reasons we're here, and it's incredible to be a follower of Jesus, 
is that's not how your heavenly Father operates. He longs to bless you. From the beginning of creation, he's been speaking words of light and life and blessing. That's, in fact, what he did over his own son, Jesus. You may recall the passage in which Jesus is baptized, and he came out of the water, and Luke tells us at that moment, heaven was opened, the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son, whom I what? Whom I love. With you, boy, I am well pleased. That my friends, is a spoken blessing. That's what that is. It is an incredible verbal affirmation of God the Father's love for God the Son. It's a declaration of his identity at a crucial moment in Jesus' life. Imagine it, the audible voice of God in front of everybody saying, you are my son, grounding him as a, in the reality of a child of God, the child of God, who I love. Your identity comes from my love for you, apart from, from, from the acceptance of any other human being, you are the object of your heavenly Father's furious tenderness and affection. I mean, just slow time out. Slow down and absorb that. I mean, we all hear this, oh, God loves you. Do you I mean, do you really believe that? Like right now, the Father is, 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 is radiating tender affection towards you as his child. Do, do you want... Not theologically, well, I know God, by definition, has to love me. He is love. But right now, the creator of all the universe is pulsating that, that divine passion towards you, wishing goodness and blessing and power in your life, whether you're aware of it or not. He, he, he's, he's calling you son or daughter with all the affection of an Abba, of his favorite child. I mean, if I asked you, how do you honestly think God feels about you right now? And you're like, feels about me? I don't know. Does God have feelings? If, if I said, how do you think God is thinking, feeling about you right now? How many of you would say, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe angry? Disappointed? I don't know, I never thought of God as having feelings. He's just kind of distant to me. Really? Where do you think that thought comes from? According to who? Is that from God's word? Jesus was left with no doubt what his father thought about him. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I love that God spoke those words of blessing to Jesus before he did a single thing in his public ministry. Jesus hadn't performed one miracle. He hadn't healed the blind, raised the dead. Nothing of substance had happened yet. And that's, in other words, God says, I'm loving you because that's what the Father does. It has nothing to do with my child's performance. You don't earn Father's love. He simply sees you as a source of pleasure because he's your Father. And in a very significant way, God the Father's words of blessing right here honestly, were the words that empowered Jesus for ministry and even gave him the courage to lay down his life because Father holds me in his love. Can you imagine tomorrow at school, at work, wherever it is, you're in your classroom, your cubicle, and the roof suddenly lifts off. And everyone else in the cube farm looks up. Like gopher dogs. What the? Huh? And words echo down. Before you do one thing to serve me, Chris, I need you to know something. One thing. I believe in you, boy. That's what the Father is speaking over Jesus. And it's the words he longs to speak over us as well. I'm always telling my little boy these words. Del, six years old, I'm always telling him, I believe in you, son. Um, because he's six, I'm trying to like speak those words of blessing over him the way that my dad spoke them over me. So I tell him, um, you know, before school, you know, I'm like, I believe in you, son. You can do this. Half-day kindergarten. Focus, no nap. I believe in you, you know. 
I take him a tee ball, you know, I believe in you, man, you can do it. You know, he hits the tee, the ball falls down. I believe in you, you know, and, and he hits that ball out there. And a lot of time, you know, with his sister, he's always kind of, you know, you know, cats and dogs kind of thing. You can be kind to her, I believe in you, man. Half the time, I'm not sure he gets any of this because he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But last week, I received, I think, what confirmation that those words of affirmation are making an impact on him. This is kind of funny. Not a great reflection on me as a parent, but I'll just be honest. Trash talk. Honest talk. We are coming home. We're driving in the minivan. So I'm driving the minivan. Colleen, it's late at night. Not late at night because the kids have to be in bed. It's like, you know, quarter to ten or something. And I'm like, we got to get home. The kids are breaking down all that. And it was after that storm. And you remember, like, that some of the trees were uprooted and stuff? Well, there's this giant tree by our house that had been uprooted. And you could, like, see all the roots and everything. And Colleen says to me, she goes, hey, before we go home, let's go see that tree. And I'm like, it's quarter to ten. We got to, let's go. You know, I'm just like, I'm shutting down. And uh, she's like, no, come on, can we just go? I was like, oh, so this is just a proud moment for me as a husband and father. We're at the stoplight, and as it turns green, I decide to register my frustration, my personal protest, by stepping on it and going, ah, with the wheels in my minivan. I chirp the wheels in my Whitney van and kind of peel out, and so it like kind of skips like that and everything. And, you know, Chase is like, what's going on, you know, and everything. And I wasn't proud of it, and my, my Colleen just goes to me, she goes, oh, real nice. Nice example, Tim, way to go and everything. And I'm kind of fuming, I'm like, uh, and it's all quiet, and literally out of the dark, in the backseat of the minivan comes this voice, this voice, I believe in you, Dad. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm like, yes. He's speaking it back to me. I believe in you, Dad. I loved it. I was kind of like, in your face, Mom. You know, no, 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 that's not good. That's not... Four simple words of blessing with incredible power. The power of a, of a parent to speak confidence in, into a child's life. It's the it's power of a coach speaking to an athlete. I say that to my little girl, Chase. She plays softball. I believe in you, Chase. And you know what? She goes up there and she doesn't think she can do it. And then she's like, oh, dad thinks I can do it. Well, I guess I can do it. Whack, you know? The power of a teacher to a student or the, the power of a wife to a husband before he goes to work or on a job interview. I believe in you even when no one else does. That's a spoken blessing. That's what that is. It is harnessing the creative power of God's words and speaking them into someone's life just as God did at the outset of creation and just as the Father spoke over Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. My question for you is this. Right now, could you think of someone who has spoken those words of blessing over you? Maybe it was your mother or a mentor. We each probably remember someone who has spoken words of affirmation at a critical juncture in our life and we were never the same. Better yet, can you think of somebody in your life who needs to hear these words of blessing, maybe from you? See, in a lot of ways, God, we're called, guys, to imitate God as agents of affirmation. Speaking words of love and encouragement to other people's life. That's just what affirmation is. It's assuring someone of unconditional love and affection that like, no matter what you do, I am proud of you, I love you, I accept you unconditionally. It's what each of us longs for at the deepest core of who we are, to know we're loved to know we are a source of pleasure in the, most, in the eyes of the most important person in your life. For me, that was my dad. Uh, growing up, in my mind, it's kind of funny. that I realize it was crazy now, but in my mind, there was no question that I was the apple of my father's eye. He constantly spoke those words to me. I believe in you, Tim. You can do it. I love you, buddy. And he gave me such confidence, even when I shouldn't have had so much, I think, at times. Uh, I think I told you about the, the, the trophy uh, the, the story, kind of, when he was, uh, when I was, uh, loved baseball, right? Big baseball fan, Yankees fan, wanted to grow up, play shortstop for the Yankees. 
Who doesn't, right, growing up in New Jersey? And, um, but my passion for the game significantly exceeded my natural talent to play it. Let's put it that way. And so by the fifth and sixth grade, I was sitting on the bench regularly, but man, I had my socks pulled up. I was ready to go. And my father would come to every game, and even though I would sit on the bench, he would stand against the chain link fence with the video camera, taping everything, taping everything. All the other guys, some of them actually, a couple of them went all state and everything. Their fathers wouldn't come. My dad was always there. They would kind of make fun of me like, oh, Lucas, is he showing you getting splinters on the bench? (laughs) And, uh, and he would do this, record this thing, and he'd make highlight tapes at the end. I would play every once in a while, maybe every like two or three games, okay, the, you know, it's, it's a blowout, you, Lucas, go pinch run. And I would get thrown out. <laughs> it's like, and so I, but here, no, listen, listen, here's the thing. So we have an end-of-the-year awards dinner. This is key. And they're handing out trophies. Of course I don't get one. I'm just happy like, to kind of be there. And on the way home from the awards dinner, my father says, hey, I have something for you here. And he pulled out this trophy he had made for me. And I don't know if you can see what it says on it, but it says, Tim Lucas, highest, highest non-official on-bat, on-base percentage. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> he, he made up a statistic that I clearly led the team in, which was like pinch running appearances or something, and he said, I am so proud of you, man. You stuck it through the whole season, and every time you were up there, I'm so proud of you. This is for you. And I looked at that thing. I don't know if you can see what it says here. Do you see what this says? All-star. All-star. That's, that's, he found something in my life to celebrate, and it's crazy because I saved this trophy 30 years later. Here it is. Because it's a reminder that my dad didn't love me because I was a good athlete or that I had talent, or performed well. He loved me because I was simply his son, his child. And what he did is he called out the good in me. He said, I see in you, Tim, a boy with passion and heart. And I know this is difficult news. You're probably not going to play shortstop for the Yanks. Just saying. But I, I believe in you. And I go, God has big things in store for you. You are my all-star. That's the power of spoken blessing. It's the power of saying, I see in you. You, the image of God, I see it. I see in you. you, The the ability to call out the image of God in another person, even if it's not there. So so do you live as an agent of affirmation? Do you regularly call out the image of God in others, in in your spouse, in your kids, and and, and say, I believe in you, I see it in you? Or, Or do you fixate on their flaws? Spotlight their shortcomings and simply reaffirm what the world tells them every day. See, to, to bless someone biblically, it doesn't mean you simply like affirm them for who they currently are, but it's for who they will become in faith. And if you're a parent, this is critical. You need to constantly praise your kids just for making a sincere effort, even if they do poorly. Forget about the results. Uh, Chase uh, is just dabbling in, in softball. Seven and eight-year-old girls, I help coach the team. A lot of awkwardness, okay? A lot of kind of swings and misses and, and just, you know, pink cleats and all that kind of stuff. But we realize that their little soul is like Play-Doh at this moment. Very impressionable. So I teach the team that whenever one of the girls strikes out, we clap like crazy. Awesome swing and you did great, great effort. And it's kind of funny because like when a girl hits it like, you know, into, the soft, into the outfield, people are like, oh, good job. And then when someone strikes out, they're like, woo! You know, kind of like that. Even when your children do it, you speak to them in positive terms. That's what blessing is. It's just letting them know you believe in them for who they are, who God made them to be. And they're actually incredible children in spite of sometimes even their behavior. 
For instance, when Dell acts up, you know, he puts gum in his sister's hair, you know? My flesh, when my flesh is inoperative, I haven't spent time with Jesus, I just want to grab the little kid and go, what's wrong with you, you know? But when God's spirit is alive in my heart, when he literally is like ruling over my life, he, hel- he literally helps me say, son, hmm, Jesus help. You are a smart boy, and, I, and God knows he is going to use your creativity someday to bless your generation. But you cannot duct tape the dog to the minivan. You can't do this, son. This is not, do you understand me? That's not you. Show me the kindness that I know you have in you. There's a way of correcting kids that doesn't just punish the problem, but praises the potential. You understand what I'm saying? Get this? Don't speak curses over, their, over your kids. Say, you know what, I've I've got a strong-willed child, and lucky for me, though, the Bible says those are the ones who make the best disciples. (laughs) Because once they set their mind and their will on something, it's like nothing can move them. So God, please, harness that kid. Yeah, kids know, they, they need to know their consequences, but more than that, they need to know you believe in them no matter what. Parents, you literally have the power of speaking life over your kids and blessing or cursing them with your words. And it's not just kids, is it? (laughs) I mean, adults can be deeply impacted by words of, of spoken blessing. Um, I had a woman once come up to me and she said, uh, Pastor Tim, I want to talk to you because I feel, what, what's up? I feel like I made a mistake in my marriage. My husband is hopeless, her words. I said, what do you mean by hopeless? She said, he has no interest in spiritual things. He thinks church is a joke. He's lazy. He's this, he's that. She had a whole list. And I, and I said, Did, do, you, do, you, do you see anything good in him? Any, anything at all? And she's like, well, I don't know why. And I was like, because according to you, He doesn't have one redeeming quality whatsoever. And see, that's a lie. Even if someone is not a Christian, they are still made in the image of God. And and, and it may be buried underneath five feet of dirt, and it may take some digging. But you are called to call out the good. So so she actually started praying for him, speaking words of blessing over him. I remember she's like, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to, okay, God, I... Thank you for making Tony a good man. Tony is created in your image. Tony is, well, Tony is a good father. He is an excellent provider. Thank you. God, God, you love Tony. And eventually, over time, it was three years later, Tony visited our church on Easter, gave his life to Christ, and now he serves in our church every week. That's the power of praising somebody's potential. Speaking life, not death, into them. For the first five years, she spoke a curse over her husband. My my husband is hopeless. And she changed it. I believe in you. And he changed by the power of God. You know, at church, like, at church, we make a big deal all the time of saying, you know, well, I believe in God, right? Raise your hand. I believe in God. Have you ever stopped to consider that the reverse is true, that God believes in you? Have you ever thought that? He created you. He takes great delight in you. He rejoices over you with singing. When you echo that blessing to someone in a very real way, you are speaking the recreative power of God's love into their life. Men, if the woman in your life uh, struggles with self-image, she has body issues, what woman does not? Okay? Every subtle poke. You going to eat that dessert? Every tiny criticism. Maybe, maybe we should go to the gym. Every sideways glance at a magazine cover, other ladies either reinforces that negative image or has the power to let her know that in your eyes, according to you, she is a goddess. Small g. <laughs> according to who? I, me. Believe me, the way I see you. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word aptly spoken 
is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Translation. There are pivotal moments in life when the words we speak bear fruit in the lives of other people that can change their life for eternity. And that's what we're going to do to close our time together today. Give you the chance to actually write words of blessing to one person in your life who needs to hear them. It could be someone in your family, a, a, a child, a spouse, a friend, a co-worker, but you're going to have the chance to bless them with words that maybe you wish were once spoken over you. And right now I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward and give you one of these. This is a note that we had designed so that you can write a word of blessing to someone in your life who needs it. Ushers, can we make sure everyone gets one of these? If you are online, we're going to give you a chance to type in your blessing and you can actually email it. But I want you to think about who in your life could really benefit from your words of affirmation. You know, maybe, maybe today was painful for some of you because it reminded you that you've never had the most important person in your life speak blessing over you. Maybe, maybe the good news, guys, is that it doesn't really matter if you've never heard words like, I love you, from your heavenly father or your earthly father. Your heavenly father wants to speak those words to you today. If you're in Christ, he literally says to you, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. As your true father, God longs to speak those same blessing that he gave to Jesus over your brokenness, your hurt, your bitterness, whatever it is that's keeping you from living a life of blessing. Like when I ask you, who are you in, in, in God's eyes? Here's what his word says. He says, you're my beloved. You're my son. You're my daughter. How does the father feel about you? According to him, you're beautiful, you're incredible, you're everything he ever wanted. According to who? According to him. And his is the only voice that matters. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Nowadays, we only say the words, God bless you, if someone sneezes. <laughs> right? That's the only time you hear it in, in culture. And you'll notice the card in your hand has those words, bless you, written on the front of it right there. And on the back of the card, it reads, I thank my God every time I remember you, which are the words Paul wrote to some friends of his in Philippi. And this is your chance to thank God for someone important in your life and offer them the gift of spoken blessing. And here's the deal. This is what it could be. It could be words of affirmation. You could write and simply say, you know, I'm writing you for no other reason than to say I love you, and here's why. Be specific. A parent, a child, a friend, a sibling, a spouse, I don't know, whatever. Or it could be simply to praise their potential. And you, maybe, maybe this is the moment you finally get to say, I see in you, you get to call out something that you've seen maturing in them and say, I'm writing to say, I am so proud of the amazing man of God you're becoming. And one of, the, one of the things that I see in you is this. I want you to think about possibly even writing the words that you wish were spoken to you that weren't. Parents, if you, if you never had a mom or dad who blessed you that way, this is a way to even reverse that curse in your family. What words of blessing can you say to them? Maybe, maybe they're words of encouragement for a, a challenge or a, a struggle that they're facing. Maybe they're going through something and you have the power to speak words of life and hope to them. I, I want you to know, I was just talking with a, a woman who got a hard, hard diagnosis. And she goes, the words, she said, of my life group, my friends here at church, she goes, have been buoying me, sustaining me over the last week as my world has been rocked. Maybe there's specific words of encouragement to somebody. Share your heart, speak words of love just as your father has to you today. You've got a pen. Uh, hopefully you have somebody in mind. So I'm going to shut up now and we're going to, can we get a little note writing music? 
uh, and we'll write our blessings. We'll turn up the lights so everybody can see. I'll give you a couple minutes here to write this out. Let's do it together. All right, that's about all the time we have in, in this service. If you're not finished writing, you can finish it. I know some of you are like, I just started. That's totally okay. Um, I've had to write, I performed a number of, uh, of funerals. I've had to write um, several eulogies. You guys know what a eulogy is? Right? The word eulogize literally means to praise somebody. You, you call out somebody's praiseworthy qualities. And, and I've often thought at those funerals, why do we wait until someone dies to express how much we, we love them, to, to actually celebrate their strengths, to, to bless them publicly and speak those words. Blessings, biblically, are literally supposed to be words of life, not death. So this is your chance to bless the living while you still have a chance, okay? Um, if you finish writing your note, you are almost done, but there is one step left. You need to mail it. <laughs> 
Uh, in fact, we were going to put uh, stamps on here, but then we realized most people probably won't have the address of the person uh, on you. So notice we made it the perfect size to actually fit in the standard envelope. So you've got to get your own envelope at home. Just stick it in there. I like it. And you put a stamp on it and, and, and drop that in the mail. And here's what we're hoping. We're hoping this week, tomorrow, Monday, over a thousand notes of blessing are going to flood mailboxes all over New Jersey and in the world. Um, it was kind of neat because this past week, just to kind of put into practice, you know, what God's been speaking to me, I took time to write one of these to, to someone God's put in my heart. And it was kind of funny because once I got started, I couldn't stop. And I ended up writing and mailed over a dozen blessings <laughs> to people in my life who God just, just put on my heart to thank and encourage and affirm and, and just let them know I love them and I thank God for them. So if you want more, you can just see an usher afterwards. We probably have one or, you know, can grab you a couple extra on the way out. But um, let's do this. Let's, um, let's end by asking God to bless these words that echo his heart. So all of our campuses, can we all stand up together? We're just going to do this to end. Everyone stand on up together. Hold up your blessing card. Just hold it up. You don't have to show it off. Just hold it on up. I want to pray for the lives of, the, uh, of those people whose your words are going to impact this week. Let's pray together. Father, right now, we are lifting up these words. They don't have the power of your written word or your spoken word to us. But Father, we want them to be an echo of that. We, we want these words to drip with the unconditional love of Christ. We want them to be words that heal, that build up, that in some respects are a balm to broken parts of people's lives. Father, humbly, we just ask, would you use these beyond anything we could hope for? As we send out blessings covering New Jersey all the way around the world, I pray that you'll use these to encourage your people. Lord, use them to mend relationships that maybe have been broken for some time. Do healing work there through them. Lord, I thank you for the words that you are speaking over each man and woman here in this room, online at all of our campuses. Thank you that you love us, you accept us, you rejoice over us with singing. And there's one reason, because when you look at us, you see your son Jesus. And so we thank you for him. Thank you for being the God we can't even conceive of. You're, you're, you're gooder than good. Our best thinking about you can't, can't grasp how good you are or how loving you are as our Father. So I pray that you'll penetrate our hearts with that this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Audio. If this message has touched you, we'd love to know how. Just email Pastor Dave Adamson at churchonline at liquidchurch.com. For more information and content, or to connect with our worldwide Liquid Church community, log on to liquidchurchonline.com.